Good morning, everybody. Good to see you this morning. I pray that you enjoy worship, enjoy communion, and hope you enjoy this word. And if you've been coming for a while, been online with us for a while, if you're a guest, welcome this morning online. If you've been with us for a while, you know we're still in a hope series. And this is number five, hope number five. And this one is called Witness, called Witness. And we're talking about how we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit to make us witnesses, but empower us to witness. And uh, if you know, our definition of hope that we've been talking about in, um, in this series is our hope is anchored in God's character. Our hope is because God's character never changes. It is, you can uh, bet on it. You can actually guarantee whatever God says he's going to do. So really today we're talking about the promise of empowerment to witness. And really what I mean by that is basically um, God makes us witnesses and he also empowers us to be a witness. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to be in the book of Acts. We're going to do one past, one text today. Um, book of Acts 1.8. It's a famous pas uh, passage. You know it very well. It says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask in this moment that you will illuminate our lives, our hearts with your Holy Spirit. Come, Father, and speak to us how we can be effective witnesses in the midst of the coronavirus, how we can be effective witnesses in our neighborhoods and our community. Now we can be effective witnesses for you, and Father, that we will be empowered by you in all things, that you'll be glorified is for our good. And we thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give you a little backdrop on the book of Acts. If you know about um, anything about the book of Acts, uh, Luke wrote the book. He was a physician. He wrote the book of Acts. It says some experts also call this act about the book of Acts, Luke chapter 2. Because the way it ends with Jesus' command to the disciples, it goes in Luke 24, 47 to 49. It says this, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in my name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses to these things. Behold, I'm sending you a promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city, which is Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit will come. And this is what Jesus is speaking after his, uh, after his resurrection. And he's speaking to the disciples and letting them know this is a command. Then you come back into Acts chapter 1, and you'll see that uh, Jesus is actually, um, they're picking up on the mountain, and Jesus is about to ascend. One thing about it, if you know about the book of Acts, a lot of people can get it kind of confusing. But really, we call it the Acts of the Apostles. But really, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit and Jesus working through the apostles. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. They were empowered by Jesus now to do the work that they've done. Same way God wants us to not to be empowered. And he made them witnesses, but he also empowered them to witness, which was amazing. So when you look at that, we'll see that scene here in Acts 1.8. It's 40 days after the resurrection. And we see in verses 4 and 5, I'll take you a little context. He, uh, he told them again, repeated the same thing I told you in Luke. But wait for the promise of the Father's gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That word baptism in the Holy Spirit, the word baptism means baptismo, which means to baptizo, to means to immerse, to immerse, to be immersed. Say if, you, if you're going swimming, you've gone underneath the water, you're being immersed by the Holy Spirit. You'll be clothed with the Holy Spirit to do the things I called you to do. The disciples were there and they had to ask the honest question with Jesus. 
They went through his death. They went through his resurrection. For 40 days, he walked among them. And they had this question. They thought, okay, now is the time in verse 6. Jesus thought, are you going to assume the command, the kingdom of Israel? Are you going to go up and kick out um, the king and become king? And Jesus told them, it's an honest question. He told them in verses 7 and 8, Jesus said, the establishment of my kingdom is not now. That will be later. In fact, the Father will determine that time. But basically what he said, the power and the purpose of the kingdom comes now. It comes right now. The power and the purpose comes now. The consummation of the kingdom and him taking completely over will come later. And we said, what is gonna, what's going to come? What's going to happen? He wants you now, as the power and purpose of the kingdom has come now, he wants us to share the good news. He empowers us to share the good news. What's the good news? The gospel. And it's a gospel of peace. Not a declaration of war. And not a political influence. It's the gospel of peace. And to spread the kingdom out further, to, ex to expand my kingdom, I'm, gonna, I'm calling you men. That's what I love in the book of John 14. It says, greater things you will do because I, am, I have um, employed you, I'm deploying you, and I'm employing you to, do, to spread this gospel, which is amazing. Now, it's not to restore, it's not to renew, but it's to make new. It's to make new. And they were probably with terror on their face when they heard that. Basically, I, I'm, a, I'm give, like I told you in Matthew, all authority has been given to me. Now go make disciples of every nation. And he heard it again. And they stood there. And they're like, oh, my goodness. Alrighty. Then he ascends up. He goes up. Cloud comes. He goes up. They're looking up. And two angels came on the side and said they were dressed in white. And they're gazing at Jesus is going up. And they, the angel said this, why are you gazing at Jesus going up? The same way he came, he's going up, he's going to come back. Like you talked about a few weeks ago, he's going to come back. So I wrote this down. Sometimes we need to stop gazing at what was and start gazing at what will be. They were gazing what it was to live with Jesus, to be with Jesus, him being with us. But now they have a new mission and a new calling. What will be will be a lot more exciting because he trained them for this moment. So a lot of us, if you're dealing a lot with the past, it's okay to, to remember the past and celebrate the past, but don't build a monument to it. You want to look at what's in front of you, what will be, because the kingdom is about what it will be, not for what it is. So if you're taking notes, I have one point for you today. It's this. Whatever God demands from you, he will make of you. Whatever God demands from you, he'll make of you. What are you talking about? Well, the mandate was to become a witness, to share the gospel. Now, the Holy Spirit makes us witnesses, as we look at this passage, and empowers witnesses. When you look at the book of Acts, that very scripture here is what we call the anchor scripture, and you look all the way to the book of Acts, to the end of the book, and you'll see they went, took the gospel to all these cities. It wasn't easy, but they did to the ends of the earth. And guess what? We're still in those days. To me, I call it the Book of Acts. Even though it's a history book, it's still open. We're still writing it. But he says this, and let's unbreak the scripture open. It says, you will receive power. But that word power means dunamis. Miraculous power, 
a might and a strength, and really is a power with a purpose. We'll have a new ability to share the gospel, a new ability to live. Every part, you got to remember, when it comes to sharing the gospel, every part of ministry is a miracle. Let me say that again. Every part of ministry is a miracle. What do you mean? Because I can't do anything except what the Lord tells me to do. He convicts the people with the Holy Spirit. He brings salvation. I share it, and he does the work in it. Everything you see when people give their lives to Christ is a miracle. Families are changed, it's a miracle. People are doing great things for God, it's a miracle. Because we're empowered by someone that's supernatural, the Holy Spirit. So we're not doing it in our own strength. We're actually doing it in the power that he gives us. It's a supernatural power to become a witness. More about being than doing. You ever try to do something and you didn't have all the equipment to do it? How frustrating, frustrating that is? It's about being. He makes us a witness so we can become a witness. So we will witness. You've got to be first. Because once you are, you'll do it. I love that. Because he says this, my witnesses, my witnesses, Jesus says that amazingly, will be my witnesses in, what my witnesses mean, will be immersed in the power and the personality of Jesus. We'll be immersed into that. You'll become extension of my ministry. Where I started, you're going to expand the greater things you shall do because I'm going to the Father. You'll receive something special called the gifts of the Spirit, where you'll be supernaturally charged to do things because I love people. I want you to use your gifts to employ people to come and turn to God. You'll receive what we call the fruit of the Spirit and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness. I mean, no, that doesn't come naturally. That is something that we need uh, to be imparted into us. It's a supernatural thing. You will need self-control. Those things that come with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the personality and the power of Jesus, you'll, be, you'll receive that. Personality and power of God. You receive that, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it's the, it's the fruit of the Spirit. All those fruits, faithfulness, and fruit is for other people to eat. Not for us to eat, but other people to eat. So they feel and know that they sense the goodness of God in their lives. The gifts of the Spirit, when you cannot minister on your own um, strength or power or your own personality, we are empowered by gifts that were there for us, but mostly for other people to help them. Word of discernment when they need it. Word of knowledge when they need it. When you're at work, when you, how to raise your children, how to have discernment, all those things, those gifts come out of that. That Holy Spirit brings all that. He's making you someone into a witness so you can become, you can be a witness. You can be empowered to witness. It's making anything powerful. That's important. And what does a witness do? A witness, all they do, they testify what they've seen and they heard. What they've heard. What they've seen and what they've heard. I love going to the book of Acts and I'm watching Peter operate. In chapter 3, him and John are going to the temple. That's what they would do every day. It's a lame man who's laying there, who's crippled. They heal him. 
well, you would think everyone's happy because this man was healed. Well, the, the authorities who were against Jesus and against the movement of, of Christianity pretty much brought them in in chapter 4. In verse 13, they, they brought them in and they're, they're trying to figure out, and they said, they, all, they all Peter's saying, I am preaching the name of Jesus, the one that you crucified, the one you rejected. Who's, that's who we're preaching. And they realized something. They were uneducated, common men, but they recognized they had been with Jesus. That's amazing. In their eyes, they weren't uh, professionally trained, but they realized what Jesus did, they're doing it in greater measure. They recognized it with Jesus. And they told them, we don't want you to testify in that name any longer. Now testify of you, testify that name any longer. Verse 18 says, told them not to teach. Verse 20 says, and Peter said, we cannot but speak of what we've seen and what we've heard. What have you seen God do in your life? What have you, what have you heard? Testify to that. You're the best witness. Every, your salvation is a great story. It's an amazing story because it's unique to you. Share that. That's what's amazing about it. And it's not about your eloquence. It's about the power of God working through you. You'll see that. Peter stood up and he just spoke. And then God did an amazing thing. Why? And you can realize that our witness is effective because Jesus is the very object of our witness. He's the center of our witness, not us. He is. And his name is all powerful. No one gets upset when you just say God. They get a little perturbed when you say Jesus. That name's offensive, but it has power in his name. We hear it all the time. We sing about it all the time. And he, he said, what are you going to witness to? You're going you're to be my witnesses. You're going to witness in where? Locally, regionally, national, and international. I'm so blessed that we belonged in this Grace Point Church, and we're connected to a larger family of churches called Every Nation. We have Churches in, in, in 80 nations right now. We just came from a world conference last summer and watching the gospel, how it spread all through, it's spreading through the world. But even from here, we're able to give every month and be able to give every month to affect the gospel and how it's spreading around the world. And that's just an amazing thing when you're walking with brothers from uh, Africa. And someone just texted me from Africa this morning. It was amazing us connecting on, on social media. I tell you what, just, he's a brother in Christ. It's like me. And it's so exciting knowing that. But that's where it happens. He says, you will be all these areas. Now, we want you to spread this gospel out. We don't want to hold it to yourself. And that's why I wrote down, Acts is still open. We're still at the ends of the earth. We're still working on the ends of the earth. And that's, that's good news. That is really good news. Now, how does God really make witnesses? Well, his example, with the name, his name we know, great leader, Peter. Remember Peter, called the rock. Remember Peter, who denied Jesus. Remember Peter, who gave up, who thought that I'm supposed to be the leader. I failed, and I'm done. Jesus goes and gets him back in, in, in uh, John chapter 21 to restore him. It's amazing. In Luke 22, 54 to 62, he denies Jesus three times. He says he's sorrowful. He leaves. He is depressed. He says, must be over. I blew it. It's over for me. St. Peter, in Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 41, became a powerful witness for Jesus. He got up and preached the most marvelous sermon that they've ever heard. He preached the word of Joel about the Holy Spirit coming, about, them, uh, about Jesus being crucified and raised, preached the gospel, and it was amazing things that took place at that moment. I'll talk about that in a moment. But you see what happened. With Peter, 
In his eyes, in his own eyes, he felt like he was a failure. But I wrote this down with Tony Evans says, your future doesn't have to be determined by your failures. Your future does not have to be determined by your failures. It doesn't matter where you come from. When you're in power, it doesn't matter. You used to be that, but you're not anymore. Jesus didn't let him stay down. He said, I picked you as a leader in the very beginning in Matthew 18. And though you fell and though you stumbled, I'm gonna, you're, still, you're still in charge. Though we fail, once we fall short, once we've been chosen, we're chosen. We're not thrown out. Whatever God called you to do, he wants you to complete it. And he's going to empower you to complete it. Whatever God starts in you, he'll bring it to completion in you. That's the good news. It's amazing. They didn't stop there. Something happened. In Acts chapter 2, we go back down to chapter 2 and five, through 5. He speaks. Holy Spirit came in power like a mighty Russian wind. People, and then we, we get caught up is when people start talking in tongues and known languages, but the audience was amazing because they understood the gospel in their own language from men who didn't even want from there. From there. Well, the reason why, God did something spectacular. In Acts chapter 2, verse 5, he says this, devout men from every nation under heaven was there. It was the time of Pentecost. God made sure that all nations from the heaven was there to receive and, man and, be man and see the gospel priests and watch the manifestation of God move my line. A lot of times we fall apart from the, um, from the act and all the different things that happen with the uh, with talking in tongues and all that, but we missed the very purpose of that because after that, 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. And in that moment, when they all started hearing the language, hearing the gospel in their own known language, a unity broke out. Unity broke out. Because we know fellowship is not always easy, but unity is always possible. Holy Spirit unites us. I love in Ephesians 4, 3, it says, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. God's not saying in the scripture that you got to create unity. I already created it through the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just enact it in your lives? And that's what happened, a gathering. But it led them, it pointed them to salvation. And that's what the gifts do. Them different gifts, we trip up. Well, I don't know if that's the real or not. It's not about the manifestation part of it. It's about the purpose part of it what God did in that moment to all people in that, in, that, in that place, in that city. All people were affected by the gospel. And he used a sign and a wonder to bring his purpose to pass. Signs and wonders that we carry are not for us. They're for other people. So they'll point them to Jesus. That's amazing. Always remember that. It's not about you performing anything. It's just walking with God as he wants to do through you. He makes us witnesses so we can be empowered to witness and watch his power work through us. That is amazing. It's always a story when I went to um, Cincinnati a few years ago on a mission trip. And we came in and we were going to share the gospel on the campus, the University of Cincinnati. I remember getting trained, or getting trained on how to give a two-minute miracle, they call it, a two-minute message. It's amazing. And we pray in the morning, and we're all unified through the prayer and through worship, and the Holy Spirit sends us out. And I remember being, and one guy did it first time, and he watched me do it the second time. And I remember fumbling. 
I remember getting my words mixed up. I remember all these things, but I remember that college student's eyes puffed up with tears, and then we were able to prophesy into his life, and then we met with him later. It wasn't about my, whatever, how good I was at it. It was about the Holy Spirit was during that moment and empowered that moment. Even though I seemed like I just mixed up my words because I was so nervous, but he was working through it, which was amazing. That's God's grace of God. That's the gift of God that gives each and every one of us. Yes, and I was trained by a young man named Kenny, and Kenny lives in New York City now. He's in our New York City church. He just celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday, Kenny. But we were together, and we were both conversationalists as evangelists. I don't struggle. I'm not good at that. I can tell you what. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, you become well done. You do, you do well with it. But it was an amazing thing watching that kid and able to prophesy into his life and where he was and how he was abused growing up and watching God move through his life. And we intersected with us. It was a scary. So I fumbled my words. Yeah, but it's not about me fumbling my words. It's about my personality. It's about being made a witness and being empowered to witness. And God working through us like he did the, the apostles. And when we went to see God's power move in a, a powerful way now today in America, it's through salvations. It's through the gospel. It's through evangelism. It's no way around it. Now, if you know about Grace Point Church, we believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a second work of grace from, the, from God. Realize, if you realize, you read this, this passage and you read in the, in the Gospels, for those guys even go up to the room and pray, he gave them a little taste. He said it blew on them, the Holy Spirit, so they will either stay together and at least last those days of praying together. But uh, what it is is a second work of grace. And what do you do? How do I get this grace? I'm glad you, I want you, I'm going to give you an answer to that. What do I do after this message? What do I do? Right where you are. All you got to do is Luke eleven thirteen. 13. It says this. If you then are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Those who ask him. He talks about in this passage, dads who are you can be evil will give gifts, not even give good gifts. But he, they do give good gifts. But the amazing thing is, how much more, like I said a couple weeks ago, our Heavenly Father want to give the Holy Spirit to his children, to those who ask. And it's all you have to do is ask. God, I want to be empowered. All right, feel me. I want to be empowered. And it's good gifts to his children. Second part of it, if you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know it's not a one-time thing. You've got to stay full. Without call. <laughs> you got to continually be filled with the Spirit. It says this in Ephesians 5 8. Do not be drunk with wine for that which is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Just like a person who is filled with alcohol is under the influence of alcohol. Well, those who are filled with the Spirit are under, uh, under the Spirit's influence. They were filled with the Spirit and they're influenced by the Holy Spirit, they live by the Holy Spirit. We talked about a couple weeks ago. Those who are led by the Holy Spirit, sons and daughters of God. See, what it means, that word when it means to be filled, means this. To be filled means moment by moment, it's a repeatable action. Moment by moment, a repeatable action. I'll give you just a, a, a quick different, a quick example of that. If you have a cell phone and you break it out in a box and you charge it, it only lasts for a day. If you don't plug it back in for that night, you will not have any power in that communication device. 
or to work tomorrow or the next day if you keep it unplugged. It's the same way with us. We have power for the day, but we need to be refilled every single day. And it's just getting before God, asking me before I go to work, before I start school, before I do anything. Lord, fill me continually filled, moment by moment, repeatable action. It's the same way you plug in. When you plug into the source, who's God himself, charges you, and you run, you come back and be recharged again every day. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing gift. I'll end with this. I remember coming to this church in 1998. I was in another church with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and talking about the Holy Spirit. It was kind of weird. I was a little, I was a little, I was a little um, afraid, of, afraid of it, but what I've seen. It's nothing like what I learned just before. Well, I kind of discounted it. And I remember going on a retreat here. And I remember it would explain precisely what this, this gift is for. Because what I saw is for entertainment. What they were showing me is for evangelism. And I remember receiving baptism of the Holy Spirit at Camp Butman. And I remember I was trying to evangelize a couple guys. I was trying to talk to them. And they were, I was doing pretty well. I was having Bible studies with them. I went up and came back down. The next, that next day, I, was to, I started talking to them in my office. And next thing you know, they said, let's stop. Rich, we've been talking. We want what you have. What is that? And I was able to lead those two young men to the Lord to start my life group with two new believers. My boss came up and said, what are you doing with these young people? They're changing, their lives are changing. I don't know. They gave me an office to myself, and my job was to make sure the young guys would not be in trouble. And all I did was share the gospel, and it became received. But that, the biggest thing they told me was, and what, what I said, I felt something different about you from this weekend. I felt something and I want something in you, I want it, which caused me to be a witness and just share what that was. And God got glorified, was glorified by it. And what I was saying here is when I accepted that gift that was always wrapped up with my name on it and unwrapped it, amazing things took place. Not for my glory, but God's glory. Some amazing things took place. Because I would have kept this gift wrapped up because of what I didn't know and what I've seen. But when I saw what the purpose of this gift was, more than anything, I wanted to do that because I want to be a vessel that God can use. I want him to continue to make me a better witness and empower me to be an effective witness. Not to be scared of it. I'm scared of it. It's like this. I know this year, this time of coronavirus, everyone's putting the tr Christmas trees up and putting the Christmas tree lights on. We don't have any gifts, but I remember I have a gift that he's given me over all these years that I continue to use and continue to be filled with it, the Holy Spirit. It's not an it, it's a person. But I unwrapped the gift. How about you? There's people who are counting on you to share the gospel. The people in your lives, and the next door neighbors in this time, people are scared. 
even through a mask, you can bring hope. Because they'll talk to you when you don't be you don't want to be talking to you with your mask on. It's the greatest opportunity to share the love of Christ. And when I get this love, when the fruit of the Spirit, I don't have to manufacture it. Do I feel like doing it sometimes? No. But the Holy Spirit moves me into that. Because whatever God demands from you, he'll make of you. Whatever God commands from you or demands from you, he'll make of you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. And I pray for those right now in this moment who might have seen things that were weird. But Father, I pray they have a revelation that is not weird as you. And you have a perfect, perfect, perfect purpose for your gift, for this gift of the Holy Spirit. The purpose really is not the gift, it's the witness. Be effective. And you said we'll do greater things than what Jesus did. We've been empowered. You make us and empower us, and you send us out. And I thank you. I pray for those who received the baptism this morning, just going through Luke 11 to 13. And I pray for those who will be refilled through Ephesians 5, 18. Let us walk and let us operate in the, in, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Not weird, because part of your, your gifts, of part of your fruit of the Spirit is self-control. But we'll be effective witnesses for you because you are the one that you are the object of our witness and you are irresistible. And we thank you today in Jesus name. Amen.